This episode of The Dairy Show is brought to you by Channel Seeds. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting-edge technology, and the colored shavings. Welcome to The Dairy Show. I am your host, Lisa Benke. This morning, we're going to talk about raising quality feed, and it starts with the seeds you select to put in the ground. Today's guest is Patrick Becker, field sales representative for Channel Seeds. Patrick. Welcome to The Dairy Show. And let's start first by learning a little bit more about you. Good morning, Lisa. Yes, my name is Patrick Becker. I am with Channel Seed. I am up in the great state of Wisconsin, actually located in northern Wisconsin. It's welcome home. I always tell people coming up here, welcome home. How long have you been with Channel Seeds, Patrick? What is your educational background? You bet. So I've been with Channel Seed. This is going on my eighth year now with Channel Seed. And for education, great question. Uh, went to school a little bit later in life. I was kind of the younger kid that came out of high school. I'm going to farm and conquer the world. And I'm like, got a little bit into it. I'm like, yeah, this is a lot of work. So I actually went to school. I got degrees in animal science and agronomy. I did a both both program. And you're putting that real life experience into practice with your role at Channel Seeds. So could you tell us about Channel Seeds? What is Channel Seeds' mission? Channel Seeds is a bear-owned brand. It's owned by Bear, Bear Crop Science. It actually, it's, it dated back, Channel got going in 2001. It was actually founded by Don Funk, who he actually created Channel BioCorp. And at the time, they rolled three brands into how they got Channel going was three brands at the time was Crows Hybrids out of Indiana, Midwest Seed out of Carroll, Iowa, and then NC Plus out of uh, Nebraska, which they brought all three brands together to create Channel. At the time, that's why if you look at the, at the old emblem, there was three arrows pointing. If you look at the emblem, those were the original three pillars of Channel. So Channel's got a storied history, and it is a merger of some really, really well-founded companies. So tell us about the scale of Channel Seeds. What is your territory? What is Channel Seeds territory? A lot of people don't know, but Channel is the third largest seed brand in the U.S. If you look at the overall seed brand industry, it's actually been one of the fastest growing seed brands in the U.S. It's actually when they got it created, they just hit the ground running. And we've uh, did some changes across the years. You know, we um, kind of re rebranded and redeveloped on how we're going to st strategize. We are a pro dealer, a pro dealership. So it's seed first. And so, no, we did actually... In, in 2009, we got the name change. We actually, then we changed it to, to Channel Seed is in, in, in 2009. So, yes. Well, and with that name change in 2009, tell us which seeds specifically the company 
is investing technology in developing? We are working in the corn and soybean market and sorghum is what we are we are specializing in. So coin, soy, and sorghum. And I guess that's what today's episode is all about because, Patrick, we all know those are key inputs. When, when you're feeding dairy cattle, we need energy, and we're going to do that with corn silage and, and with, with corn. So tell us about why quality feed matters. You have an agronomy and an, an animal science degree, and everybody listening is doing that. That's what we're doing is we're trying to grow quality feed, and it matters because... We want the best for our animals, right, Lisa? We just don't want to do it the easy way out. We want to make sure we got the best. We want the cows doing the best. You know, you look at the quality, it starts, you know, it starts on the farm, working with your local representative, picking out the right hybrid. What soil type are we putting it on? What is our fertility practices? There's there's a lot that goes into placing it. So we want to make sure the ground is fed too. You know, if you want a good crop, a good crop starts with good soil. It's like feeding your cows. If you can always tell if your cow ain't feeling good, you know, she ain't eating, she ain't doing good, right? It's kind of like your your soil. It's like, man, that spot in that field, why is it tipping over? Well, you know, why is it? It just seems like it's not growing. So is it something in the soil that's not healthy either? It's like us ourselves, if we don't feel good, we usually try to take something and make ourselves feel better. It's like taking care of the soil. If you take care of the soil, the soil will take care of you, you know, and then it'll take care of, we get a good crop and we can feed our animals, right? So it always starts from the ground up. We always kind of say, right? Start from the ground up. <laughs> Literally. We do know that quality feed, it impacts everything, every aspect of, of dairy cattle management. It's it's the growth, it's the productivity of the animal. And like we were talking earlier too, it certainly impacts the longevity of the animal as well as reproductive capabilities as well. So quality feed matters. And like the ad in the beginning said, challenges. Boy, um, I think anybody that grows their own feed, anybody that manages plants or animals is, is well aware of the challenges associated with it. And we all recognize there are things that you can control and things that you can't. And today's episode, we're talking about five ways to meet those challenges that impact the quality of the feed that you're producing for your dairy herd. And let's start with those. I guess we're going to address today or have Channel actually address how their seeds address drought resistance, disease resistance, feed value, and encountering difficulties with environmental conditions. You made mention of soil types, and and certainly we've had all these different strange environmental things that throw their, their best at us, like the Canadian wildfires, for crying out loud, definitely played an impact this year. And then, of course, yield. We all care about what you know the yield is off of each acre that we're investing in. So let's back up and talk about these five things that channel helps us get a degree of control over. And let's start with that first one, Patrick. If you could speak to how Channel has invested in genetics and put thought into how to make a crop more drought resistant. That's a great question. It is, you know, number one, we we have what's called our Milk Max program. It's starting out with nutrition and sound ag- agronomics. We want to first, you know, when we're looking at breeding, you go, we, we're, we work with the breeders. We're looking at different uh, maturities that everybody grows. You know, we're talking, what, 80-day corn up to 120-day corn. Having products in that range is for farmers, you know, all across the U.S. about, you know, what is working. So we got we work with with a program called Milk Max, what is called Silage Products Proven to Perform, right? 
we just don't want to come to your farm and say we're going to put on this big show and just have an average product no we want to make sure that it's tested you know we do a lot of testing a lot of breeding in uh, greenhouses right now what is work every new product that comes out we do test for for silage quality you know we, we want to know is this a product or isn't this a product this might just be a grain corn no hey this one actually is testing out you know the q score is testing out really good for uh, digestibility so when when bears working and breeding yeah so we are testing both for grain and for silage so come into come into your farm with a strong product People are planting corn, obviously, for, for different reasons. And you just brought up a point there, too. The short day corn, how, what is the demand? Do you know, Patrick, across the different varieties that you produce, how, how many people do plant short day corn? And what are the advantages and disadvantages, if you will, about those varieties? Well, it really depends on that's, uh, you know, the question is, the maturity, you know, it's very di- dynamic across, you know, each each area. Some farmers are double crop, you know, we'll put um, uh, some kind of forage in like a rileage, wheatledge, or, you know, chitakele, you know, people are starting off with that. And then we'll put in a short day corn and, and make a corn silage out of utilizing the growing environments that we're in. But the way technology is going today is some of the shorter hybrids are doing just as well as some of the longer day hybrids, right? It depends on where you're at, you know, certain growers, growing seasons, the farther south you go, the more heat we got, right? Some products move south very well, some products move north very well. It's really specific. So when you're when you're talking about that with some of the hybrids, working with your seed representative on what is working in my area, what products are working, you know, we do a lot of testing, you know, all across the U.S., like what is our silage products? What is... What's working in Wisconsin might not work in New York, but what might work in New York might not work in Arizona. You know, it's all all across the U.S. how drastic. So that's why when we do plots and do side-by-sides is in the field, hey, this hybrid, I feel comfortable. We can come to your farm. It's proven. We've done a lot of, a lot of testing on it, and I feel very comfortable placing on this farm. Because even look too is talking about the shorter corn, some dry land, some irrigated. You know, there's you know, talking to the audience we are today. There's a lot of different growing environments that we grow grow the crop in, right? Mm-hmm. Bayer Crop Science and Channel Seeds, all of your affiliates have invested heavily in disease resistance too, and that's one of the things that you get a good healthy crop going, and there's nothing worse than when you wind up with pests or disease that strikes. So tell us a little bit about the work that's been done and the seeds that you might select that would be resistant to that challenge that we all face. You know, Lisa, we can all sit here and think you walk into the season, we got we got Plan A figured out, we're gonna roll, it's doing good. And then we always kind of just, then all of a sudden you sit back and you kind of hit yourself in the forehead and be like, well, Mother Nature has control over us again still, right? That's something that at the end of the day that that we can't control the environment. We just, we, we got to work with the, the cards that we are dealt, right? So when we're, when we're looking at disease, you know, and breeding, we are breeding for disease. You know, insect, yes, we have, um, we got what's called atraceptifer insect above ground, you know, Western bean cutworm true army worm you know it's we got a lot of above ground pests you know breeding we can control for bugs right now a big disease across the u.s is tar spot let's talk tar spot quick tar spot just really got going up here in 2017 2018 tar spot you know and it's been 
that's been a difficult one for you know figuring out how to how to breed because we couldn't replicate it we were struggling replicating it in a lab because it was so hard you could in in the environment it it just blow up but when you try to bring it into lab it was it, we were struggling a little bit but now we think we're getting it figured out on how to get resistance to tar spot because that can be that can be very very detrimental to your to your crop all of a sudden everything looks good and it moves in and then boom just wipes it out how is tar spot transmitted air environment soil people are talking about all of these the the storm systems that have moved through and how that definitely moves disease from one part of the country to another so tar spot another example and so when you when you're breeding for this type of disease resistance you bring it into the lab and like you say there's challenges there in recreating this the conditions that you might have you brought it up at the beginning of this episode conditions in Arizona are vastly different than they might be in Western New York. So how do you address that too when you've got a myriad of users when you're when you're US based and you're you're covering the entire country? How do you fine tune that? I guess you're addressing specifically with with tar spot, you're addressing how that impacts the plant and and the seed itself. That's a great question, Lisa. It is. It's we're working, that's what breeding, that's that's why we have a vast portfolio product. You think about it, because that's we have product like, like I said, here in Wisconsin that might work better, but in New York where they're breeding for, there's a different hybrid out in New York that would probably work better to their uh, disease environment or their challenges that they are facing out there. So that's what, you know, the great thing about Channel is it's just, we're not just focused on one product or one hybrid where we're focused on multiple hybrids to work in certain areas because of the different challenges that they have facing, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, when you're talking about all the different growing environments, drought stress, you know, you talk about drought, you know, like Western Kansas or uh, some of uh, Nebraska, the droughts that we've been through in the last couple of years. And a lot of some farmers are saying, Pat, it, some of the seed we had 30 years ago, you couldn't probably give it to me today because the way some of these products are holding up in environments that we've been going through, you know, has been just very impressive. But there's environments too, you know, with with the droughts that we face in in the U.S. It's it's tough for anything to to hold up in them very dramatic conditions too. But we are we're we're trying to get the resistance, trying to help farmers out, having a solution come into your farm, for what environment you are working in. So you bet. This maybe isn't a fair question to ask um, because it's more of a plant geneticist question, but those of us who, who breed cattle um, understand that there are certain genes that have an inverse relationship and some that complement one another. I'm sure the same thing is true as you're breeding for disease resistance. Sometimes that can compromise perhaps your your feed value or number of, of growing days, whatever. And and that's something that I'm sure that uh, we, we should appreciate. I guess those of us that breed dairy cattle have to also appreciate that those that are breeding plant genetics are encountering the same difficulties that when you're trying to press for one trait, you're maybe sometimes suppressing something that you want to enhance at the same time and finding those those relationships that, that come out with a win-win situation is that's another challenge that we find in the lab setting. You're looking at the one big thing is, let's talk really quick, rootworm pressure. We're trying to come out with new hybrids, but again, Mother Nature, rootworm beetles can take down plants. Bear, Bear invented what's called RNAi technology. It's a new way we're going after rootworm pressure to, so the plants can live through it, right? Because, you know, Lewis Smartstack's corn that we've had for years, 
is we found resistance to it now. And so now again, we had to recreate the wheel and find something new to stop, you know, roadworm pressure. It's, it's, you know, a lot of different environmental stuff that still we got to work through every year, new challenges facing every year. You know, it's with a dairyman. We got new challenges or a new sickness or anything coming through your herd or uh, mycotoxins, you know, with feed quality. I mean, it's every year we get a new challenge thrown at us and how do you adapt and, and work through it, right? That's the thing is working with your your sales representative like you, Patrick, to identify, you know, what <laughs> you're, you're making a major investment in seed. And, and that's what people are doing right now. Those are some big checks as the crops coming off the field. You're investing in next year already. You're making some big decisions. And that's where having the input that you're providing today, what are the key things that you want that crop to deliver at the end of the growing season? And it all starts with selecting the right seeds that are going to perform in your your soil type and your conditions and to meet the needs of your particular herd, how you're ensiling the corn is going to matter. There's so many factors and, and I, it must be just mind bending for you when you sit down with someone to decide it's not so easy as saying, hey, here's, you know, three different kinds of seed to choose from. Pick one. It's not that easy, is it? No, when you're working and it, it is, it's very, it's very emotional too. You know, you're, you're, you're looking at, you know, it's, you want to pick the height, right hybrid, you know, because if you also heard the horror stories where we picked the wrong one and then our cows didn't, then our cows didn't milk off of it. Right. You know, you always, so it's like coming to your farm, you know, that's with us. We do a lot of plots. Like how are these plots working? You know, we've done where we've fermented samples because uh, farmers ask, Hey Pat, how is the as fed data looking versus a greens? You know, we you want to come to the farm with a solution and be very comfortable. Like, Lisa, I got this product for you. You know, this is this is working very well in your area. You look at the fiber digestibility, you look at yield, you look at starch, you look at the flexibility. You know, this this hybrid is flexible, go across all of your acres. You know, you know, we're looking at grain variety, starch. You know, look at the net energy you're getting out of your starch. You know, a lot of these newer hybrids were getting a very high starch diet. You think about it. So we're getting, look at the net energy that's going to come out of that cow too. Um, fiber digestibility, a lot of the, the newer products, you know, we're looking at fiber digestibility because why? We want the intake with the cow. We want her to be very efficient for using that feed. So at the end of the day, we want to make sure it's there. But we also, the big importance too is yield you know what i mean we, we we still cannot forget about yield is because we don't want to have to chop another 50 acres we don't want to have to chop another 100 acres you know we want to try to maximize our soil that we have because some areas we are limited in, in ground that we can farm you know what i mean it's we don't have a, a lot of extra acres that we can do this why you look at the double crop acres you think about it why people are double cropping they're maximizing they're maximizing their their farm you know and that's and they're taking care of it that way. So, but no, but yield is, yield comes into the big part too, is just making sure we got a good plant. You know, it's, it's, think about it. It's four sectors into one yield, digestibility, starch, and flexibility across your farm. Think about it. We talk about that, the selecting seeds for a, a healthy crop. So it all starts with that when you, you've, you've gotten through the challenging drought conditions, you've gotten through the disease in the past and and you've got a crop that that's got the nutrient density the feed value the digestibility that you desire for your herd 
now you've got some some weird environmental conditions that have hit us too. Let's talk a little bit, Patrick. You know, this is the realm you work in. We all saw it the brilliant sunsets as a result of all the smoke in the sky. But what did, what is the, the effect that the Canadian wildfires may have had on the U.S. soybean and corn crops this past year? It affected us more than I think some people. I think a lot of people knew how much it affected us, right? You think about it. I think people know, but to what magnitude did it affect us? You think about it like you know, the days we didn't get the, you know, it was 85 and, but the filtered sun. Think about it. It's the plant, the plant, like you guys would call, hey, Pat, I'm cutting hay, but I can't get my hay below 25%. It wasn't drying. You know, with the filtered sun, you think about it that way, that that it just affected the overall plant. I mean, guys are talking certain parts of the U.S. They've, they've, they've had their, what's crazy, they've had their best corn crop they've ever had. Certain areas it's wet, certain areas it's dry. It really is interesting what the smoke, you know, with the filtered sunshine, you know, did we get all the UV rays like we thought we were getting out of it? You know, we, we talk about growing degree units, right? You know, that's how we base off the, the life cycle of a corn. And, you know, our growing degree units in a lot of parts of the U.S. were, you know, average. Some certain areas were below, some, some areas were above average. But, but I, with the UV rays not getting through, I, I think it set the corn plants back. Right. And then we opened up for diseases, certain areas where it was dry because we didn't catch all the rains either. And now we're looking at some stock stock quality or uh, diseases, ear, ear rots and stuff on the corn, too, because we've had a lot of moisture in the cob and in the husk. And then it just wasn't able to dry out. So, yeah, it's <laughs> oh, hopefully we can get our fires under control. <laughs> You hit the nail on the head earlier and you said that Mother Nature just keeps dishing it out. There's there's always something around the, the bend, isn't there? And I was going to ask you about that too, Patrick, because I have seen a number of crops. It, it just seems like the weather across the country is just playing more severe than I remember as a kid. Because I can remember back in the day, whole fields being flattened from a windstorm or hail at some point. But that seems to be more frequent nowadays. And, and that's something that I'm sure that the channel is giving some sincere thought to, too, is the strength of the plant and those the root system that, that supports the plant. Because I have seen whole fields leveled that actually stand back up again. It's just corn is an amazing crop, if you ask me. Well, beans are, too. I don't mean to be dissing them. But but corn, what an amazing crop it is when you see a, a field flattened and then it, it stands back up again within a matter of days. Again, that's amazing plant science. There's definitely genes being bred into those plants that give them the ability to literally knock down and, and stand right back up again. Yeah, it's, well, what Bear did now, too, we got, we're coming out with our, our Pression. It's uh, our new um, corn product. It's short stature corn. Um, but uh, the talk about the wind. When you, we had the derechos go through the Midwest, couple years ago, we were starting to introduce short stature corn and guess what stood through the wind? I mean, it's not going to stand through a tornado, you know, <laughs> but, but you get some of these straight line winds where, where you look with our pression with the short corn is the, the, the standability is it, you know, you look at the stock, you look at, 
you you look at the how how it's standing through. Well, let's talk a little bit more about about Prestian. I know when you're breeding dairy cattle, a lot of times when you're breeding for both type and productivity, sometimes you, you don't move ahead on both fronts at the same time. But with Prestian, it's in it's addressing environmental concern. This this shorter corn is withstanding high winds, like you said. But did it compromise the the feed value? It actually no. That's a great question, and is. It actually, everything we're finding on it is just kind of the opposite where, hey, we found a plant, you know, we're working with a, you look at a shorter plant, you're looking at less, you know, when we thought about Presion too, you think about less, less fodder on the field, but it's actually coming to find out that when we started testing this for it's, it's for the breeding is the quality is just, is awesome. I mean, it's uh, the the digestibility is coming in because it's like high chopping everything where you got it's just leaves on top of leaves where it's it's a very unique plant so it's very it's very exciting to look forward to the future with it. So that's a variety we'll probably hear more about Presion, but so many factors that figure into your seed selection. And we talked about at the beginning of this podcast that Channel is selling soybean seed corn seed, and sorghum. Let's talk a little bit about people, how they're using sorghum on their, their acreage. You bet. It's, well, it's for the tougher acre. You know, some of the, some of the areas in the U.S., it's, you know, drier. And sorghum, you look at a sorghum is more drought resistant. You know, it can handle some of the tougher soil. So, um, you know, it's, it's a very unique plant too because, you know, it's very specific warm seeded it likes it likes warmer temperatures it likes warmer conditions it likes some areas where we struggle to grow corn struggle to grow soybeans and that's where having that another crop you know like sorghum too it's it feeds like corn silage you're just you're just lacking the grain in it right let's that's the you know talk about it it is and you can still get this very silage specific bmr sorghum you know very the low the low lignin that's where it's having a solution to your farm coming because like i said it's yeah, Pat, we struggle growing corn because it is we we farm some very sandy ground. What else can we do? Here, here's a here's another option. You know, so sorghum's a great sorghum's are just a great a, a great rotation. I was just going to add. I know we in the in the dairy business we talk about breeding the lower end of the herd, the lower genetic end of the herd to beef semen. I think that's kind of an analogy you could make with your your crop acreage too. A lot of times the soil is not the same throughout most, but it's, it's a rarity that someone would have excellent soil quality throughout the, the acres that they manage. So like you were saying too, instead of putting expensive corn seed into some of that, that land that's not as going to be as productive, maybe sorghum's a wiser choice. It's going to be a little lesser input cost. And you do wind up, if you pencil it out, you got that feed value off of that acreage without investing so much in the seed up front. So again, we're thinking about the attributes. And when when you're selecting seed, I guess that's what I'd like to follow up with here, Patrick, is people are doing that right now. They're they're getting their crops off the field. They're they're witnessing firsthand how their decisions panned out, you know, at the end of the growing season. And they're making decisions on next year's crop right now, putting in those orders for seed. Tell us what you're, as a sales rep for, for Channel, what are your tips for selecting the right seeds? When you meet with somebody, 
do you go down the checklist and ask them to triage what's important to them? Or how do you how do you go out making recommendations as to what's going to be the right seed to buy this year? You bet. Well, you look at, like I'm telling some of the farmers, you know, the, the environment we went through this year too. Let's look at some of the stuff, you know, really quick, not backing up. You look at the areas that have dry. We got drought. We got smoke. You know, farmers tried new stuff last year. Well, Pat, did it pay? We can talk through that. It's making rash decisions off of last year for next year. I was like, I'm telling people, don't change off of what happened this year. Certain areas, we had a just an anomaly of an year. It was just like, well, let's put a check mark by 2023 for growing season, you know. But going down and listening to the farm and understanding what their needs are. You understanding what's working on their farm. Yeah, it is kind of, you have the fact-finding questions. You kind of have your checklist when you walk in, you know, I'm going to come to your farm today. And we're going to just sit down and have a good conversation like you and I are talking today. We just, what, what is working on your farm? What, okay, this is a challenge. Okay, hey, I have a product for, we can bring to your farm for a solution then, you know, or hey, maybe we got to tweak a fertilizer or work with you guys on how can we get better at something or what are we missing? So yeah, it's, it is, it's just having a good old conversation like we do and with, with, uh, with the farmer and just say, we can work through this. And that's nice to know that you've got somebody so knowledgeable <laughs> helping you make those key decisions. Because as we all know, when you're breeding cows, it's tough when you're when you're selecting for both type and productivity at once. It seems to be slow progress and making all those mating decisions. I mean, again, you're living with that decision as that animal you know, grows to, to productive age and you can find out if you made the right decision. Same can be said with that plant acreage that you're managing and so many variables, so many factors figure into the decisions you're making right now, but you don't have to make those decisions all by yourself. You got somebody like Patrick here that can, can point out the pros and cons of the different varieties that are being looked at right now. And, and you've got some exciting new things that you're trotting out again, constant investment in research and genetics to improve the corn crop moving forward, whether you're feeding it as grain or feeding it as silage. Amen. No, it is. And just making sure we put it upright too. You know, that's always at the end of the day, we can go through all the work to grow it and do it right. And just making sure when we do put up the crop that we're doing it the right way, because you just talk about if we just not do it the right way, there's it affects the cow in so many different ways feet reproduction and we could a healthy cow is a happy cow right a healthy soil is a happy plant so we got to think of it that way it's the working engine right Exactly. Well, and again, we as as people involved in agriculture totally respect that Mother Nature at the end of the day holds most of the cards, but there are those that we can play as well. So, Patrick, thank you for sharing with us all of the thought, all of the research, all of the technology that is going into, again, improving the quality of the feed that um, we're trying to put in front of those cows to maintain the U.S. dairy herd. So thank you for being our guest here today on, on The Dairy Show. Thank you, Lisa. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you. 